appropriate for us as a message. Um, and the only song I can really kind of think of. Hello, my love buckets, and welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked. I'm Carissa Vickis. How is everyone doing? Um, what a crazy, crazy time um, with everything happening um, with coronavirus and how everybody or many, many people are under quarantine or practicing self-isolation. Um, I hope everyone is doing well, taking care of yourselves and taking care of your loved ones. One of the most important, I'm not going to get into to the whole, um, to the meat of it all with coronavirus, but one of the most important messages I have is taking care of each other, taking care of yourselves, spreading the love, light, and blessings. Um, my heart goes out to everyone in these difficult, difficult moments, but if history has taught us anything uh, is that in the face of much chaos and much uncertainty we have prevailed and we will prevail we just have to have hope and that's what I live off of is hope even though humanity confoculates me a lot I definitely live on um, on hope I know um, as many of you do too that we will prevail and we will get through these difficult moments but we must practice self-love and love and compassion and empathy for everyone and for ourselves please please stay strong take care of yourselves take the necessary measures especially when it comes to hygiene one of the things that confoculates me the most um, is that we actually in the 21st century have to remind people to practice basic hygiene and wash your hands and you know um, be careful when you cough and sneeze and you know, if you cough and sneeze into your hands to go and wash them immediately or to cough and sneeze, you know, in your, what you call an inner part of your elbow or whatnot, just, um, we just have to practice, I think, a bit more, um, how would you say, being more aware of our actions is one of the major things that we definitely have to do. But um, also not to spread the fear. Um, I, I understand it's, it's, there's uncertainty this is a moment not to spread fear um, amidst all the, this chaos. It's definitely a time to practice love. And so I hope everybody is keeping very, very safe. And my heart it goes out to everyone. So exciting, exciting news before we get into this week's new episode. Last week, was it last week or the past two weeks? Well, well yeah, the past two weeks, let's say. I uh, finally managed to, <laughs> with a lot of... Um, uh, with a lot of like stressful moments, I'm. We are now Beauty Unlocked is now on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. So that's uh, my exciting news. I don't know if you guys are excited, but I certainly am. So just letting you guys know. And as always, before we get started um, with the episode, we got we got to do some cleaning. We got to make sure that everything is is organized and in place and looking all sparkly and shiny. So as you guys know, you can, well, now find us on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find us on Instagram at beauty underscore unlocked underscore podcast. And you can also um, join us on the Facebook private group. Um, just uh, request and I'll definitely be adding you on the private group as well as the Facebook page. And you can find us there on Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. 
you can always uh if you don't have spotify stitcher google play you can check uh, the podcast out on lipson and that's beauty unlocked podcast dot lipson that's l-i-b-s-y-n dot com Ooh, that sounded weird I kind of had a bit of a moment there. Uh, my voice is still not 100%. So that's beautyunlockedpodcast.lipsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And please, please, please send me like emails and let me um, know what you guys think. Give me your opinions. Tell me what you, you know, give me some episode ideas. What would you like to for me to like discuss and rant and rave about so you can definitely send me an email. Um, I would love to hear from you guys. And you can send me an email at beautyunlockedpodcast at gmail.com. I can't believe that we're already on episode five of the show. And if you've been um, listening to us since the beginning, you know, you definitely know that we're not your ordinary beauty podcast. Um, And that's because we delve into our society's obsession, you know, with physical beauty and the consequences that these impossible and I emphasize impossible, (laughs) beauty standards have on us. And it's no different what we're going through, you know, in the present moment with people thinking about physical beauty and just being obsessed and judging one another. Um, It was actually the same for our ancestors. So it kind of got me thinking for this episode. I was just like, oh, what am I going to do this episode on? Because I'm still waiting for those emails. (laughs) Uh, No hate there. Or not throwing any hate or shade. (laughs) I'm just saying. Um, And I was like, what am I going to do this episode on? And and then I was like, hold up. I'm I'm a history freak. Yes, I'll emphasize freak. Uh, And a history buff. And I was like, let's let's take a look at what our ancestors did when it came to physical beauty. What the hell did they have to go through? And what did they put themselves through? And I started my research and I was um, and and I remember reading quite a lot about it. And, I, you know, again, rereading and researching and coming across so much information. I was uh, shocked and surprised, to say the least. Of course, the standards of beauty have. Well, there's always been a standard of beauty. And that's that's that, you know, as we we, um, talked about it in the first episode. So I decided that this episode is actually going to be a two-parter and that's because this week I wanted to delve into cosmetics and what our ancestors used to put in their in their cosmetics and uh, because of lack of knowledge of 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 certain things (laughs) they 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 risked their lives literally a beauty would kill (laughs) it was just not it was it was a bit ridiculous you know what they would actually put in these in their cosmetics and especially uh well it was more for for women but men men did partake in this too and uh yeah so let's let's get into it as i said this would be a two-parter so we know that headlines about harmful ingredients hiding in beauty products are enough to make even the vainest among us want to go back to the good old days of slathering strawberries on our lips to make them red pucker up motherfuckers But women and men have plastered a lot more than good old berry juice onto their skin in the never-ending quest to look beautiful. So for as long as humans admired themselves in magazines, mirrors, and murky pools of water, anybody remember the story of Narcissus? They've also had to contend with the ugly side of beauty, so nothing much has changed. 
There's a, a, an array of bizarre beautifying products and history will terrify us from such outrageous things people did to adhere to the beauty standards. So there's a lot that we can learn by looking back at the past, although we have a tendency well, as humans to look at the past but not really learn from it, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> but one thing that we could definitely learn is that no one ever ever in the history of of anything in the history of beauty no one has ever wanted wrinkles or zits vanity narcissism and the constant search for the fountain of youth masked behind bizarre beauty treatments is nothing new because we still do it and it's safe to say that history of beauty will repeat itself but it's just with different ingredients or sometimes in, it's the same ingredients but the names have changed and then we're left left a little bit confuculated there are trends that people uh, were sometimes obliged to, obliged to follow and especially if they belong to a certain social status so yeah we all know that beauty is pain apparently but beauty could have killed you in those days when i talk about beauty not really the beauty it's just that beauty standards of society so it's 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 you know everybody has their own definition of what beauty is especially physical beauty but this is the beauty standards of society so, of course, we're all bombarded with images of fabricated youth, that eternal youthful glow. But, you know, it's all courtesy of cosmetics. And we're not going to even talk about whether these ads are realistic, because after all, we know the miracles of Photoshop. We definitely know the miracles of Photoshop. Um, but some beauty products um, from history contained very high concentrations of lead, mercury, arsenic, and even radiation, you guys. So this is all thanks to ignorance, indifference, and narcissism. Oh, and seriously, did I forget to mention greed? Because obviously once these, pe uh, once these products went commercial, the people f making them made a fuck ton of money. So, so greed is all, is all up in there too. Uh, you guys, I had to stop this a few times <laughs> because I can't speak. I swear this dust is getting me all sorts of fucked up. All right. So hopefully I can get this right this time. Today we're going to delve into lead, mercury, and arsenic. All right, I made it. I made it. Yes. Could you hear the excitement in my voice just from saying those three ingredients? So yeah, that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, lead has a really long and alarming history as a makeup ingredient. And imagine, imagine this, that it still plagues us today in certain cosmetics. But it's been used since antiquity. It became commercially available in the 18th century. So we're going to take a look at ancient Egypt. They, they've been known to, to really slather on the lead in ancient Egypt. So both, as we know, both men and women lined their eyes using coal eyeliner. And coal uh, was made by grinding up lead sulfide called galena. Exposure causes irritability and mental problems, amongst other things, but we'll get into it. They, they were really known to, to make their killer cosmetics then. The, the eye makeup was also made of malachite, which is a green ore of copper, galena, which is lead sulfide, and most famously coal. And coal was, apart from grinding up lead sulfide, it was made out of soot and fatty matter and, um, and metal. And that was lead, antimony, manganese, or copper. So uh, Dr. Joel, Sh oh God, his last name, here we go. Okay, we'll just go with Dr. Joel, actually. I'm not gonna even try saying his last name. But he's a dermatologist in Omaha. 
And he said, aside from chronic pink eye, uh, the exposure would eventually lead to irritability, insomnia, and mental decrease. He continues to say that the ocular skin is most likely to absorb materials due to its thin, nearly transparent qualities. Couple this with the mucous membrane being a hop, skip, and a jump away from the area where cosmetics are applied, and you have a potentially serious problem. All right. So in ancient Greece, uh, they took it a step further. Um, instead of just concentrating on their eye area, they just would put it all over their face. They're, they used to use a white lead face cream. And according to a 2001 article in the journal Clinics in Dermatology, it was designed to clear complexions of blemishes and to improve the color and texture of the skin. And that's why it was such a big hit to use lead-based face masks. <laughs> Can you imagine? Wow. Okay. In ancient Rome, they took it a step farther, apparently. Ancient Egyptians, they used to mix their pigments with oils and herbs, but the Romans, they just applied it directly onto their skin. So, of course, in ancient Rome, makeup application was a normal part of life if you were part of the, the, the high class, you know, and you were wealthy. But it was also, you know, a, a makeup, I mean, a daily routine for, for, um, for sex workers or prostitutes. White skin was all the rage, um, and it, it's still bit so in in certain cultures but then they really took it seriously and um white skin it was a it was a mark of being part of the the wealthy class they used to women used to lighten their skin using really strange combinations of animal urine eggs sulfur vinegar white lead poultry fat and excrement <laughs> oh my god <laughs> can't can't you guys seriously already people back in the day didn't take regular baths so you can only imagine putting this stuff on you the smell i just thinking about it makes me kind of want to retch or oh god no it's gross <laughs> all right sorry oh no that's just gross i can't oh god anyway <laughs> you know sometimes you kind of look back in history you're like oh you know the fashion is awesome and what it would be like to like live during those times and i'm thinking i would be dead by like i don't know the time i age i reached the age of three or something but and, and especially if you're having to apply directly onto your skin lead <laughs> i would definitely definitely well probably that's what i died of who knows <laughs> it's not the only life i've lived that's for sure so basically white makeup would eat away at your skin and this would cause a snowball effect because the more you would apply it the more your skin would be eaten away hence you would have to apply even more makeup Another rage in ancient Rome was light pink cheeks, and they were very desirable, and they continued, well, it continues, it depends again on the culture, like, uh, into the modern era. It was, uh, though it was known to be poisonous, the look was initially achieved by application of cinnabar and red lead. So cinnabar is the ore of mercury, and exposure to it can cause tremors, confusion, and death. I'm just confused as to what the fuck is happening. I mean, yeah. Long-term exposure to mercury vapors causes Mad Hatter's disease. Also, lead was a major ingredient ingredient in hair dyes back then. But yeah. So I got excited when I said Mad Hatter's disease. We all um, know of the Mad Hatter through the very, very famous um, adventures of Alice in Wonderland. 
uh, and it was written by uh, Charles Ludwig Dodgson, but we know him as Lewis Carroll. He used the pseudonym Lewis Carroll. Anyway, so we remember the Mad Hatter. I mean, who doesn't, <laughs> apart from the White Rabbit and, 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 and all of the characters in Alice in Wonderland. Do you guys know exactly what Mad Hatter's disease is? Well, if you don't, I'm glad that you're probably saying, no, I don't know, Carissa, because as always, Wikipedia came to my rescue to get an exact description of what Mad Hatter's disease is. So Wikipedia says, uh, erethism, also known as erethism mercurialis, or Mad Hatter's disease or Mad Hatter's syndrome, is a neurological, oh, oh my God, sorry, a neurological disorder which affects the whole central nervous system as well as symptom complex derived from mercury poisoning. It's characterized by behavioral changes such as irritability, low self-confidence, depression, apathy, shyness, and timidity, and in some extreme cases with prolonged exposure to mercury vapors by delirium, personality changes, and memory loss. People who are affected by this neurological disorder uh, often had difficulty with social interactions and it was associated with physical problems which um, may have included a decrease in physical strength, headaches, general pain, and tremors uh, after exposure to metallic mercury, as well as irregular heartbeats. Um, also, people who used to make those, the top hats, they used to like make them um, out of felt. And they use, apart from, if you remember in Alice in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter does have like that kind of top hat. And that's because in there, there was, you know, they, were be, they would be exposed to the mercury within the felt. And the people that used to produce it, well, you can only imagine. So one of the notable, notable people in history who actually used uh, lead was um, Queen Elizabeth. And Queen Elizabeth I, by the way. Uh, and she, she, used it in, um, she used it to cover up her smallpox scars. And uh, smallpox pox. I can't speak. Smallpox was uh, rampant um, in, in back in the day. So Elizabeth, what she was known to do, she would mix it, uh, mix lead with vinegar. And it was known as a Venetian ceruse or, and this is so eloquently put, spirits of Saturn. Sign me up for spirits of Saturn. It sounds so, I don't know, there's something about it where I'm just like, oh, give me some. And then you actually think well no it's actually a, a mixture of lead and vinegar and you're like no you have to make it so pretty and you know wrap it up in like this pretty packaging and with a bow you know but it might have basically this ceruse it would have um, smoothed or visually smoothed out a woman's face you know to try to get rid of the smallpox scars but over time it also used to discolor your skin you would suffer from hair loss and rotted teeth Yum. So like I mentioned before, apart from wanting to cover up those um, smallpox scars, people wanted to have that dead white look. <laughs> what uh, the lead that they used in Rome, well, the lead, well, it was lead, but in the sense of the white lead in ancient Rome, the amount that they used was nothing compared to the 15th, 16th, 17th and 18th centuries. Uh, especially in the 18th century, both men and women would fluff uh, white lead powder on their faces to achieve the very youthful and very pale, pallid complexion. 
So to achieve a more porcelain-like complexion, women also applied lead-based creams under the powder. Oh my God. So these creams, um, unlike the white, uh, the white creams used in, in ancient Rome, it was comprised only of white lead cakes that were crushed and mixed with the liquid. This double, doubly high dose of lead put many <laughs> into an early grave. So the dead white look, as we see, is a, it was a treche, like, chic fashion statement right there um, that, you know, um, men and women would want, men and women would want. And so they painted their faces with a mixture of white lead and vinegar. They peeled their skin with white lead and supplement of mercury, and they used lead sulfate to remove their freckles. So it was lead, it was layers of lead upon lead upon lead. And then, of course, in the 18th century, like I previously mentioned, it became commercially available. Talk about the deathly, deathly white look that people were looking for. You would eventually get it because you were killing yourself as a result. So what's actually unbelievable, apart from all this, is that you would think, okay, people learned or have learned from their mistakes. But like I said, we look into our past, but we don't really learn from it. So in 2007, it was found that red lipsticks contained a, uh, a deadly secret, and that was um, that lead was still used in red lipsticks. So hundreds of, well, in this article that I found, it said in 2007, hundreds of our favorite red hues were pulled off the market for containing high levels of lead. So the lead in the lip hues are measured by parts per million, uh, which doesn't seem like it's a lot, but the consumption of even the tiniest amounts of lead over time builds up in the human body and this creates a whole variety of health issues. So hopefully since 2007, although, you know, I don't know, I, I, I'm hoping that the FDA, although mm, beauty products on the FDA's list are, are very low in comparison to other things that they test for. Um, the FDA has a tendency of not testing um, cosmetics until there's an issue brought up, you know, within these cosmetics. But hopefully since then, they have been taking a closer look and testing the lipsticks to, to ensure the safety of, of the consumer. But mm, I, I, it's highly unlikely. <laughs> Don't quote me on that, but I'm just saying like I don't I don't know. Money money talks and uh I don't know. It's 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 pretty easy when you ha you're making billions of dollars, you know, worth of uh you're making billions of dollars. It's kind of easy to find someone because it's all about greed to find someone that's willing to turn, you know, a blind eye to things. So, you know, it might maybe there's not such a high percentage of lead in um, lipsticks anymore, but maybe they've also changed the name of it. Who knows? Who knows? So that's that for um, for lead. We're actually going to go into arsenic now. So uh, arsenic, it's a, nat a natural metalloid found in the Earth's crust, crust, and it's extremely an extremely toxic compound that can be tolerated for a time when eaten in small amounts and has occasionally been used in medicine. However, long-term exposure is extremely unpleasant. The nervous system and there's ner there's nervous system and kidney damage. You have hair loss, conjunctivitis, and growths called arsenical keratosis, which plagues the body along with yes, 
uh, vitiligo, and vitiligo is where uh, the skin loses its pigmentation. So ar arsenic can become addictive as a person's tolerance is built, but that's with anything really. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, you know, arsenic in small amounts or any amounts, no thank you. So in an article I found that um, it said that throughout the 1800s, arsenic was marketed as safe and an effective way to clear skin of blemishes. It also claimed to give you that youthful pale complexion everyone longed for, so much so that they killed themselves for it. Yeah. Uh, this seemed like a miracle drug at first, as it certainly did all that the marketing team claimed. <laughs> it did produce a, a very pallid complexion, yet it was due to the arsenic killing off the consumer's red blood cells. As for clearing the skin of blemishes, it could accomplish that as well. But if ever the user stopped taking the arsenic wafers, the acne and other skin issues resurfaced even more so than before. So basically then, of course, it's that snowball effect that the user would become more and more dependent on the arsenic or in this case, the arsenic wafers. <clears throat> so of course, there were many instances where individuals overdosed on these deadly wafers. And even after many deaths, the same arsenic wafers were just remarketed to the public as safer or new and improved. And there was an example of um, a product called Dr. McKenzie's Improved Harmless Arsenic Complexion Wafers. And this was marketed until the 1920s. So uh, basically up to 100 years ago, which is not so, so long ago. Can you imagine <laughs> arsenic? Oh man, what we don't do in the name of beauty, wow. And finally, we come to the last ingredient in these deadly, deadly cosmetics that our ancestors um, used on themselves and that can still be found sometimes in modern cosmetics, which is, um, it's scary in itself. So mercury recently made headlines when it was discovered in, uh, well, it was discovered specifically in skin lightening creams. So before the days of benzoyl peroxide, mercury was used to cure blemishes. <laughs> and it was also, also cured, well, it was also, not cured, sorry. It also, um, <laughs> they said it cured people of syphilis. And there was a delight, I love this saying actually that they came up with it. I was like, ooh, you cunning bastards. They said, a night with Venus, a lifetime with Mercury. <laughs> that sounds so enticing, you guys. A night with Venus, a lifetime with Mercury. Who, uh, seriously, these, oh my God, I don't even, wow. Anyway, the thing is that with Mercury, it's easily absorbed through the skin and can cause birth defects, kidney and liver problems, fatigue, irritability, tremors, depression, and a metallic taste in the mouth. Oh, and eventually death. Like I said, it was recently found in, in uh, skin lightening products. And when I lived in China, uh, when I was a teacher, uh, an English teacher back in China, it was very difficult. We would go to the, the shops and um, my roommate and I, and we would buy like, you know, creams and whatnot. But some, we had to be very careful and we would always be reading the ingredients to see it, whether or not like these creams contain skin lightening and the majority of the time they did. So then I would tell my poor parents back in Cyprus, I was like, you got to send me this, this, this and this, you know, I would tell them to like send me like a whole bunch of stuff because I was like, I cannot be using skin lightening creams, but beware and you never know. 
check out the ingredients because mercury can be listed as mercur mercurous chloride, calomel, mercuric, or mercurio. Please, 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 when you do buy these commercial um, products, just check the ingredients. There are so many ingredients. I actually wrote a blog post um, a while back about um, ingredients found in our skincare products today. And so, and they and sometimes you can't even pronounce these these names, you know, and the, the ingredients like in a lot of these skincare products. But so definitely um, be careful when you do purchase your skincare products. The thing that we have an advantage over our ancestors is that we we are able to research and and you know research ingredients and sometimes you know a harmless what you think is a harmless ingredient is not so you know let's let's be a bit like a bit smarter or more like yeah a little bit smarter than our ancestors and you know research we have we have the power of knowledge we have the we have the abilities we have the tools so i think we should we should definitely be using them although sometimes we use them not in the greatest um not in the greatest of ways, basically. So we came to the end of the episode, you guys. As you see, I didn't rant and rave. I was a bit gobsmacked, uh, especially, you know, thinking that people would just put layers and layers of lead or, you know, take arsenic wafers or, you know, mercury, which is still lead and mercury is found again in, in, in uh, modern skincare products. It's quite frightening. Sometimes I think, wow, uh, what we don't do in the name of beauty. And I know for a fact, we look back at our ancestors and we think, well, weren't they quite barbaric in the ways that, you know, they, you know, they, they had their beauty standards and what they would do and what they would put on themselves or in themselves. But I'm sure that future generations are going to look at us and think the same thing. They're going to be like, what crazy motherfuckers they would cut each other open they would you know do some crazy things in the name of beauty they would you know um remove ribs or you know they would do rhinoplasties get breast augmentations they would you know um do lasering and hair removal and god knows what else pluck whatever body hair we might have they've done like anal bleaching and yes friends anal bleaching is a thing <laughs> so i'm sure future generations are going to be like how barbaric of them to even consider bleaching their assholes you know <laughs> you know but whatever we do uh let's just uh let's just love ourselves and be grateful for the knowledge we've acquired throughout our lifetimes, our many lifetimes. Let's look into our past and delve into our history to really learn from from the mistakes, so that we don't. Although it's you know sometimes we humans we, we we repeat our mistakes. It's it's you know we can repeat them ten twenty times until we find it finally clicks and we say oh yeah no that's not right. So basically, let's learn from our ancestors and their major mistakes when it comes to their cosmetics. But the most important message, as always, um, is love each other, love yourselves, love your quirky selves, 
just, you know, the quirkiness that you're, the way that you're quirky, it makes you so special, individual, and unique. We don't want to all be the same. It gets so boring, you know? So just be your quirky selves, love yourselves, love each other. That's my message all the time at the end of, of each episode of this podcast is to love each other, love yourselves. And also don't forget that you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. So subscribe, rate, and review us. I would really, really appreciate it. And as always, don't be scared off or anything. Like send me an email. Tell me what you think about the show. Uh, give me like episode ideas. What do you want me to talk about? I would love to hear from you guys, your personal experience. I want to hear it all, you guys. I want to hear it all. And if you have done anal bleaching, let me know because I would be fascinated. <laughs> I, I seriously would love to hear <laughs> if anybody has done anal bleaching. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to love and leave you. And um, you can find me uh, next week uh, for a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked. Bye. Wow.